Fighting. Hatred. Fear. Had enough of the noise? Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. H. It's always great to be here with you. Hope you're having a good time. And I hope you're checking out some of the inventory of podcasts that we have now available to you. All the past shows. If you're just coming into the show for the first time, we have so many wonderful shows recorded. So um, just make sure you check them out. Make sure you tell your freedom friends that they can join us live on the America Out Loud talk radio network and via recorded podcast at americaoutloud.com and also on the iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora networks. Just go ahead and download America Out Loud phone app for Apple, Android, or Alexa, and then listen whenever you please. Uh, folks, you know, there is so much good information that we've been putting together amassing here uh, for you. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that Healing for the Ages is out and open. So make sure you go to healingfortheages.com. That's healingfortheages, A-G-E-S.com. That's going to be an incredible conference that we're putting together, all natural healing, all health. Uh, we're going to be explaining some crazy cool stuff that you're, the way your body's designed. And here's the part I really dig about it is we're going to be not only teaching and laying a foundation, we're definitely going to be talking about all the new research and stuff that we're doing as well. So day one will be all about laying the foundation. Day two will be all about research, that latest research. But we're going to make sure that you leave with a plan. This is going to be one of those different type of conferences um, and maybe the most different conference of all time, because what we're going to be giving you is that plan. It's not just going to be information overload, information overwhelm when you're done. You know what I'm saying? Where you've gone to a conference, you feel really excited and feel really good. You had a great time, but then you get home and you're like, oh, what, <laughs> what do I do? We're actually going to have a plan for you that you're going to be able to put into play for about 14 days. And then we're going to do a follow-up virtual session with everybody who wants, who's was in, who paid all the paid registrants and everything. We're going to open it up to do a, a follow-up session with all of you um, 14 days after to see how are you doing with some of the stuff, some of the recommendations that we made and some of the stuff you put into play. So we're going somewhere with this. So big props to Dr. Brian Artis, uh, Dr. Ed Group, and Dr. Janice Schmidt. Uh, big props uh, to everything that they're doing. And um, of course, you know, letting me hang out too, which is always pretty cool. Um, but we're going to have just a great, great time. Dallas, Texas, September 8th and 9th. Uh, go to healingfortheages.com. Make sure you register. We have uh, VIP plus VIP for both of those in person. And then we have virtual VIP as well, because everybody that comes there is a very important person to us. So um, we hope you can check it out. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. In fact, we just had, who who's coming? I think uh, we just heard Mickey's coming. Mickey Willis is coming. 
Uh, we just heard that um, oh, my boy Jono is coming. Jono Otto is coming. Uh, we and we just heard Dr. Judy's coming as well. You know, so there's going to be so many great folks, just down to earth folks hanging out, and you get to interact with them if you're able to attend live. So go to healingfortheages.com and make sure you register because ticket space is limited for this for in person, virtual, unlimited, but. Space is limited for in-person. We want you to be there. All right. So we hope to see you healingfortheages.com. Uh, also, Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by uh, Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. The best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient, start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Uh, check out our proven holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, artificial healing, so much more. We got we got so much and growing, folks. Um, and make sure you come on in, join the EHI family of healers today. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org. All right, uh, folks. Oh, and we're, we are updating. I will tell you next week, Artist Cellular Healing, we've been recording like crazy on it. It's going great. So if you already are involved, enrolled in uh, the Artist Cellular Healing, you're going to get some fantastic updates. And uh, as we've been refining and revising based upon all this new information, we're really starting to hone in on how to help people who are severely injured by these damn shots and, and undoing the weaponizing of the microbiome. So a lot of exciting stuff there for you too. All right. We got a great show today, folks. We got um, Dr. Scott Jensen, right? He's uh, You've heard that name. Remember the guy? that came out first and said, what is all this crap in 2020 where I get more money if I put somebody on a ventilator? I get more money if I diagnose someone with COVID, even if they don't have COVID. What, where is all, remember him and they tried to discredit him and gave him all this crap and his medical board went after him and all this other stuff, right? Just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. Um, I was so thrilled that our paper, our first 20 uh, peer-reviewed paper in 2020 that we did with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler and IPAC uh, EDU, um, uh, was instrumental in helping him get out of some of the, the baseless uh, allegations made against him. Um, but he's taken it another step and I'm really excited he has. He's got some great stuff to share with you today, uh, just talking about his legal process because we got all these people, we, we know the problems. By now, if you don't know what the problems are, you're not going to know. We know what the problems are. The thing is, what are we going to do? We're we just going to be on Twitter and fighting and, and complaining and, oh my God, look what they did now. Oh, look what they did now. Come on, folks. We got to fight. We got to get into this fight, right? We got to, they don't respect us. We got to make sure that they respect us. And one of the best ways to do that is put that pressure on them as well, right? The burden of proof is on you to prove that it was bad. The burden of proof is on you to prove that I don't have a right to speak my mind and give a medical opinion. The, the, the burden of proof is on you to say that ivermectin doesn't work and vitamin D doesn't. The burden of proof is on you, not me to prove that it works. It's on you to prove that it doesn't. The only way we get into those adult conversations is by having the cojones to launch some legal actions. And that's what Dr. Scott Jensen has done. And I'm really excited to bring him on in the next two segments to talk about it. Uh, what I want to do right now, though, is just give you all an update about where we are with the grand jury. So first of all, big, huge shout out to Stanford Health Freedom, Leah Wilson, uh, Bailey, Valerie, Sayer G, all these wonderful people over at Stanford Health Freedom who've been backing us on this grand jury initiative from day one. We really are grateful to them. So make sure you check out um, Stan, uh, uh, Stanford Health uh, Freedom and go over to their website. And if you haven't already signed up um, in support of the grand jury initiative, then you can do so there. It's still open. We're still in progress. We're still running forward, moving forward with it. 
over, I think it was just almost 300,000. We almost had 300,000 Americans have signed on in support of that grand jury initiative to show significant public interest, which is fantastic for us. Thank you so much, everybody that's done that. Tell a friend about it. We are going all the way to the Supreme Court if we have to, right? We are not giving this up at all. We have a great attorney, uh, Steve Jonkis. We just added on Mick Harrison, who's another uh, attorney who's just phenomenal. Um, our grand jury team is just out of this world. And uh, we've been introducing him to, you know, Keith uh, Wilkins, Political Moonshine, and John Bodwin with all the great work on death certificates, and Kelly Mordecai, and Judge Paul Nally, and um, and and uh, Albert Benavides with um, uh, with Bears Aware and I mean just really great people all volunteering and so incredibly they're doing doing so beautifully. Um, well, we got to pay the attorneys, right? <laughs> so if you do have an opportunity to donate, um, every dollar helps. We really appreciate it. We we you know we make sure it, the dollars go to people in need and not people in greed. Um, I don't put any of that money in any of my pockets. Um, that just goes straight to where we have to make a big difference. So we really appreciate all the love and support. Well, quick update. Um, let's see. It was uh, July 10th. So just about 10 days ago, it feels like three months ago. Um, but just uh, about 10 days ago, we filed our appeal brief. Uh, you can find that on beyondthecon.com. I will make sure I have that updated uh, before this goes live. But go to beyondthecon.com. You can donate there. You can find out. And there's a link to the Stand for Health Freedom uh, Grand Jury Initiative. So you can sign on there. Um, donations, we really appreciate. Uh, if you just want to read, we don't put it behind an email thing or anything like that. You just can go ahead and read. But we would appreciate you um, sharing your email if you uh, want to get regular updates. Because we're, we're getting in a really good habit of giving monthly updates of what's going on. Um, in, in this process, because it's just, you know, the wheels of justice, they turn, they just turn so excruciatingly slow. It's like mind numbing. Um, but we put together a crushing argument um, in our, our uh, brief. We, we attacked their ridiculous positions on our, um, they're saying that we don't have standing really to elected officials representing hundreds of thousands of people don't have standing right? Please. Um, so we, we really went after that. Uh, and we really went after something that they continually attempt to do. This is, this is how weaponized the DOJ has become, in my opinion, right? Is that our argument, our initial filing was never about seeking prosecution, right? That's, that's pretty clear in our, our uh, laws that, you know, a citizen, a private citizen cannot seek prosecution, right? And it's like, yeah, okay, we're not seeking prosecution. We're seeking investigation through the grand jury. And the grand jury, as an independent body of inquiry, has its own ability to establish its own jurisdiction. We just want to get the information to the grand jury. I mean, it's ridiculous how difficult it is to get provable verifiable, substantiated thousands of pages of evidence to a grand jury so a grand jury can start its investigative process and determine whether there has been a crime committed. Or not. It's ridiculous. We're seeing gatekeepers. The U.S. attorneys have been gatekeepers. Remember, they moved um, uh, Scott Asfog out of Oregon and into Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> you remember that from last year? They moved him out of, <laughs> out of Oregon 
into Nairobi, Kenya. They reassigned him, the Department of Justice did, to get him away from, from this case, right? Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, you, it's just, you, you hear all the time with the Rochelle Walensky's and everybody talking about, we made some pretty big mistakes. Yeah. Those mistakes are called fraud. We have a word for what you're calling a mistake. It's called criminal data fraud. All right. Fraud. You have defrauded the American people and that comes with consequences. Uh, but it's just been amazing how just obstructive they've been. The Department of Justice is obstructing justice, in my opinion. It's been so incredible to watch this process and especially incredible to watch the resiliency of this team. You know, a lot of people don't know this about uh, the grand jury team that I, I lead. We meet weekly. We meet weekly and have been doing so for now over two years. All right. Every week, for two years, folks, this is a volunteer group of great people who just super care about everything that we hold dear, freedom, right? That we hold dear. So um, remember our whole approach on this is we have to get to a place in front of a grand jury where the grand jury can start an investigation into our allegations, our substantiated allegations of criminal data fraud and willful misconduct. So it's what the DOJ has been doing, because the DOJ is defending the people we're alleging of these crimes. That's the DOJ I thought was supposed to defend the people, not the people who've committed crimes. But anyway, um, this DOJ is defending them. And what they keep trying to do is move the goalposts and say that we are actively pursuing prosecution where nowhere in any of our filings have we requested prosecution. And we've even gone so far in our filings, everyone, to be explicit that we are not requesting prosecution. We are not attempting to prosecute. All we're simply doing is asserting what Ju Chief Justice Scalia said in 1992, that grand juries are not contextually assigned to any of the three branches, and therefore belong exclusively to we, the people. That's what this comes down to. We are going to demand our legal system acknowledge this and create a pathway for Americans to engage the grand jury system without having to go through gatekeepers the way it used to be when we lived as a society, as a society of laws, not of corruption. So we'll go to beyondthecon.com, beyondthecon.com, and you can read up on everything, all the new stuff. I'll put all that stuff out there. Uh, but folks, just I'm so grateful to everybody on the grand jury team. I'm so grateful to people like Dr. Scott Jensen, uh, who is fighting. I'm so grateful to Warner Mendenhall and Brooke Jackson, who are fighting and saying, look, you can keep telling us, no, we are going to keep hammering away at this rock. And we're going to make sure we chip away and find that diamond buried deep within it called freedom. We're going to make sure we find it as it doesn't matter how long it takes to get there. The work is worth the reward. All right. And that's what this is all about. So big shout out to everyone out there who's taking legal action on this and saying, no, we are not going to go quietly into this good night you want. We will not. And I am just so grateful to be alongside of all of you. So we write back, folks, with more Energetic Health Radio right after this, these messages. And remember, 
Check us out, Energetic Health Radio, Saturdays and Sundays, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. And make sure you check out Looking for Healing Radio with Dr. Brian Artis, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Janice Schmidt, and myself, uh, Mondays through Fridays, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. And if you have questions, go to the Looking for Healing uh, Radio uh, show page on AmericaOutloud.com and ask that question. Every Friday, we read questions from the audience on health. Um, energetic health radio has become more of a smorgasbord, a buffet of topics looking for healing radio is going to stay in that pocket of natural medicine as God intended. All right, folks, we write back with more energetic health radio right after these messages. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Right, healers, welcome back. Energetic Health Radio is also sponsored by GlobalHealing.com, simply the finest, most potent, most effective natural medicines in the world today. Feel the difference integrity and love for medicine making can make for you. Go to GlobalHealing.com and enter promo code OUTLOUD. That's promo code OUTLOUD to discover the medicine God intended for us all. All right. We have a very, very special guest. Uh, and I'm very big, folks, on what were you doing in 2020? That is a big deal for me. And this gentleman that I'm bringing on, uh, former Senator Dr. Scott Jensen, uh, just just an incredible, incredible person. Again, you know what I like to do. I like to introduce you to people who love you that you may have never, never met. And I'm sure you've heard of Dr. Jensen because he did something early on that caught my eye. I think it was way back in April or something like that of 2020. He came out and said, what is going on? Why are you incentivizing 
people getting diagnosed with COVID? Why are you incentivizing putting them on ventilators? And he caught so much heat from USA Today and other mainstream media outlets for simply exercising his First Amendment rights and speaking truth. So after that, it just we're going to share with you a little bit of the history of what went on in 2020 so you can meet uh, Dr. Jensen again. And then he's doing something phenomenal that we all should be embracing. And we're going to talk about that at the end of this segment and, and all about it in the next segment as well. So, Dr. Jensen, so thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing terrific. And I appreciate being able to have a conversation with you, Henry. I, very much. I appreciate it. Amen. So tell tell our audience a little bit about the crazy things that were going on in your life in uh, in 2020 and how we kind of connected um, along the way. Go ahead and give everybody a little background on that. Well, I was a small boy growing up in Sleepy Eye, Minnesota, and I still vividly remember in 1963 where I was and who told me the news that President John Kennedy had been assassinated. I think we're going to have a lot of us have that same kind of poignant recollection about the pandemic in 2020. It may not be the same moment for everyone, but I think there will be a moment or a topic or an issue that we'll hearken back to, even if we're old and gray and in triple digits in a nursing home. We might well remember certain things about the pandemic. And for me, I will forever remember scurrying around my medical office, seeing patients on a Friday morning, trying to get caught up on emails. I was in the Minnesota State Senate at the time, but on Fridays, we don't do meetings in April at the Senate at that time. So I was able to see patients that day. And I was about to delete an email when I saw it said, VS as a part of its caption, which is vital statistics. And I thought, I better come back to this later. So I went and saw a couple more patients, got to my noon hour, clicked on this email, which was from the Department of Health regarding the National Vital Statistics uh, Agency. And I read this and my heart sank because in it, I was receiving a communication from the Minnesota Department of Health with a link to the CDC that essentially told me that the way I've been doing death certificates for the prior 35 years was not necessarily the way we should be doing them now in the wake of COVID-19. Now, this was like April 3rd, a Friday. The first lockdown in Minnesota had started on March 17th. We were two to three weeks into this. People were scared. Businesses were locked down. Kids were locked out of schools. The blame game was being played. Denials were being uttered. And I get an email that says, if you think that your patient's death might have had a contributing factor of COVID-19, put down COVID-19 as the cause of death. But if you think that other disease states, such as emphysema or asthma, might have been a contributing condition, then go ahead and, as you customarily do, put those diagnoses in part two, where we put contributing conditions. And I read it three times and I thought, so if a patient's dying of stage four colon cancer, 
And I think at the very end of their life, influenza or asthma or emphysema might have helped tip them over the top. I'm supposed to treat those diseases differently than if it's COVID. And in this communication, it said that they expect more often than not that the underlying cause of death would be COVID. And that just isn't the way we've been doing it, Henry. So that's really that, that very moment of all moments for me where I said, what am I going to do with this? So over the weekend, I noodled about it and thought about it. And on, I think, Monday night, I was on a local TV show, and we were talking about the lockdowns and some of the draconian decisions that were taking place. And I made the comment that I thought Minnesotans would prefer to have their information delivered them to them sort of straight up and without trying to pouch it in, if you will, euphemistic terms. And I remember the, um, the newscaster said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, take, for instance, the communication I got the other day that said that I should treat COVID-19 differently if that could possibly be related to a sequence of events that led to someone's death. And I said, I've never, I've never done that before. I said, I've never been coached like this. And this newscaster, uh, Chris Berg out of Fargo-Moorhead, grabbed onto that and said, say that again, Dr. Jensen. So I did, and we talked about it briefly. And a day and a half later, I was on the Laura Ingram show, and she was asking the same thing. And again, I'm sitting in the Senate at the time. I'm vice chair of health and human services. My skepticism is on full alert. And so I started doing more and more research. What was the motivating factor for this? I mean, it was clear that this would certainly jazz up the numbers. And it was clear that this would gin up the fear. But I needed more. And I found it when it looked. When it, when it came to looking into where was the money going? And the money was indeed going to those facilities that might hit certain thresholds of diagnoses with COVID-19 involved. And we also then learned that if COVID-19 was on a discharge summary for a patient from the hospital, that the standard payment would be elevated and enhanced. So at that point in time, Henry, my life changed. I became somewhat of a public figure, and it just kept going from there. What we were talking about, how we do death certificates, how we count cases, what the infectious fatality rate was, into talking about social distancing of six feet. Mm-hmm. I asked the question, where did that number come from? Traditionally, in European countries with viral respiratory illnesses, they had looked at a one-meter social distance, which is three feet and three inches, I think. Mm -hmm. I asked questions about masks, cotton masks that had gaps in their fabric, their pore size of five microns, asking how could that possibly filter (laughs) a viral particle that was 150th the size of that. Mm -hmm. And my life changed, Henry. Amen. And you know, folks, um, it was was, uh, Dr. Jensen's work that really um, dovetailed with what we were 
uh, finding independently with my uh, research team at the time, because we had we had stumbled upon that same document from the National Vital Statistics System saying, you know, how telling coaching, like you said, how to fill out death certificates and, and how to move you know, a pertinent information to part two and make sure COVID-19 would be emphasized in part one so that they could count it as the cause of death when in fact it wasn't. We It was obvious to see this was going to be hyperinflation. And then you go to the um, uh, the uh, group, the nonprofit group that put out the edict. What is it? Uh, the uh, The National State and Territorial Epidemiologists, right, group. Um, and they put out the um, April 6th, they put out the thing about, hey, this is how you're going to count a case. And what blew me away about that document was that the CDC adopted it, number one. I was like, why is the CDC giving subject matter experts to a nonprofit organization? Why are they outsourcing the definition for what a case is going to be to this organization? And why are they supplying subject matter experts? But then they had something in there, section 7B, when they asked, well, how do we make sure we don't count the same person more than once? And they said not applicable until more virologic data is available. And I'm like, why do you need virologic data to make sure you don't double count someone? So you could see they were, like you were saying, Dr. Jensen, ginning up the, the stats. And then you can drum up the fear. You can't have a pandemic unless you have deaths. Right. We all understand that. There's if there's nobody dies, you don't have a pandemic. So you need numbers. So they get their numbers and you you start exposing that I was so I was doing cartwheels when I read, you know, the work and I knew you were taking a lot of heat and we hadn't met yet. But I was like doing cartwheels like, oh, this guy, he so gets it right now. And he's being real brave out there speaking out about this. And it was so nice to see that finally the USA Today actually had to come back and, and verify it. But you went through some other tribulations. What did your medical board do when you started speaking out? How did they try to silence you? Well, I don't think it was the medical board that initiated it. I think it was partisan activists that decided that they didn't like what I had to say. They didn't like the narrative I was espousing. And clearly, I was going against the conventional mainstream media narrative. And so they very easily filed complaints to the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice about my medical license. And the complaints ranged across the board. But the one common denominator to these complaints was they didn't come from anybody that had ever been a patient of mine. Now, that was what I was told by one of the people with the Minnesota board, uh, that they did, it did not appear that anybody had been a patient. Rather, these were political activists. And so I'd never been investigated in my life. In fact, in 2016, I was flattered and humbled to be chosen as the family practice doctor of the year in Minnesota. But all of a sudden, my license is under investigation for the first time ever. I responded with some 75 pages to explain to the Board of Minnesota Medical Practice that I wasn't reckless and that I was practicing good medicine. And within a month, the board notified me that all the allegations had been dismissed. Mm -hmm. I breathed a sigh of relief and went forward for about two weeks before I got another letter of investigation from the Board of Medical Practice. And this cycle just kept on going for literally two and a half to three years. And it was clear that the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice was being weaponized by political activists who wanted to make my life miserable. They wanted to distract me. They wanted me to shut up. 
and they wanted me to back off. And uh, unfortunately for those activists, they just don't know me. I don't think <laughs> I get super excited. I don't get angry, but I can be a real pit bull. And when I think that something unjust is occurring, I get involved. So over and over again, did I have to go back to the board of medical practice. Then I was investigated a fifth time just as my campaign to be the next governor of Minnesota was really getting traction. And so I responded. And then the board said they wanted a little more information. So I gave them the information. That was January of 2022. For 12 months, I heard nothing from the Board of Medical Practice. During the entire last 11 months of the campaign, we had this gray cloud hanging over our campaign that Dr. Scott Jensen running for governor was also being investigated for the fifth time. The incumbent governor of Minnesota used that fact on his Twitter page where he'd say, Dr. Scott Jensen is being investigated for the fifth time. He can't be good for Minnesota or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was clear that this was part of an effort to create a, a certain narrative that Dr. Scott Jensen was extreme and untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. And then finally, after the election was over and I lost by a significant margin in January of 23, the Board of Medical Practice stepped forward and said, we've received your information, which they had received a year earlier, mm-hmm. and we do not find it adequate for us to, based on your information, dismiss the allegations. So we want to have a, a conference meeting with you. And so we did that. And during that, uh, that was the time where I actually chose to hire an attorney. And so I hired an attorney and uh, Mr. Greg Joseph uh, was my attorney. And after an hour and a half meeting with the Board of Medical Practice, all of the allegations against me were dismissed. And about, uh, about a month later, maybe a little less, I announced that I would be filing a lawsuit against both the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice as well as the Attorney General. Amen. And that's what we're going to pick up, folks, with in the, in the next segment. I, gotta, I just have to say, man... Um, I, I've always admired the work that you were doing. And I know a lot of people go, well, it's brave. And it's like, well, yeah, it is. But I think you, you hit something on it that I think a lot of Americans need to really become uh, reacquainted with. You weren't doing it because you were doing it for bravery. And you certainly weren't doing it because you were seeking attention. You were doing it because it was the right thing to do. You were doing it because you understood that if it's happening to you, it's likely happening to a lot of other folks out there. And some of us are pretty well versed in history, you know, and that history is eerily reminiscent of the buildup to World War II in Nazi Germany and what we were seeing with the weaponization of government agencies and the propaganda going on and the hostility and the censorship and all of the things. And I, I like you, I'm an American. Right, <laughs> that just doesn't go over well uh, here. So we speak out and we do what we have to do, even if it means we have to take some arrows in the process. And I just appreciate your demeanor, and I, I really appreciate that you went that next step and said, "You know what? I'm going to run for office to make this right." You know, and uh, 
you know, I think that's going to be the move for all of us moving forward. We have to start taking these next steps and move out of outrage, move out of, I'm going to vent on social media and that's going to change anything. It's like protesting on a street corner. That's not going to change anything, right? What changes something is getting on the inside of the belly of the beast and saying, no, we're going to bring some ethics. We're going to bring some compassion. We're going to bring some American DNA back into what we really, really are. And I think that's something that you're espousing. I'm so excited to talk about this case. We'll do that right after uh, these messages. Be right back with Dr. Scott Jensen, forgive me, Dr. Scott Jensen and more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. All right, healers, welcome back. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Scott Jensen, and uh, we're going to talk now about this this case because you were exonerated finally after three arduous years of constantly being investigated, constantly watching the medical board be weaponized against you uh, with no justification, right? These weren't any patients filing complaints. These were just political activists, if you want to give them that due. These are just political muckrakers, really, when you get down to it. Um, trying to attack you without any substance. The, the medical board is is allowing this nonsense to go on. And you're, you know, trudging through all this, but you finally get to January 2023. And with thanks to your your attorney, I'm sure played a big role in this as well. What was your attorney's name again? Greg Joseph. Greg Joseph, I'm sure he helped out tremendously because you never hear a resolution really within an hour, hour and a half. Usually it's, well, we'll take it under advisement and we'll write you a letter a couple of days later, you know? So he must've had a really big impact on them, which is great for you. And, uh, but then you say, you know what? That's not enough. And you said before, I can be a pit bull, right? I can be a pit bull when it comes down to it. So now what did you do after, um, after you realized, after they exonerated you finally? and correctly i proceeded to build a legal team and we made the announcement that we were going to file suit against both the minnesota board of medical practice as well as heath allison the attorney general this was done for several reasons Uh, first and foremost having all the allegations against me dismissed felt good and i was grateful but It wasn't enough because it isn't about just Scott Jensen, a family doctor in Watertown, Minnesota. This is about every one of us. This is about anybody whose livelihood is dependent on some sort of license or permit or authorization from 
a government agency. If you own a hair salon and someone has to inspect it annually or every three years or whatever, and someone tries to weaponize that approval or authorization process against you because they don't like your politics or your speech. It could happen to a hairstylist. It can happen to a restauranteur. It can happen to a pub owner. It can happen to a nurse who runs a business providing home health care. It can happen to a dentist. It can happen to an attorney. It can happen to virtually anybody because government agencies do have long fingers. So I needed to do something to say, we're going down the wrong track. This is gross censorship. This is squashing political narrative that someone doesn't like. And we don't get to do that. This is America and we have the First Amendment standing so strong. So that was one of the big reasons is this is about, a, this is about literally millions of Americans, not one. The second reason I had to do it was because the Supreme Court whether you're talking in Minnesota or the federal Supreme Court, they have an opportunity now to help us as American citizens understand where is that line? Where's that line that separates free speech from professional conduct as it relates to the practice of medicine? The courts have dabbled at it, but they've never with any precision said, this is here where it is. In the case in 2018, I think it was NIFLA, N-I-F-L-A versus Becerra, they made the note that freedom of speech is protected for all, and that there was no specific stipulation saying that professional speech was a separate category that we sort of had to have special permission to engage in. So we're asking the courts Look at Scott Jensen's case and help us understand how the First Amendment and free speech really works. Because for so many people, it hasn't been working. Their livelihoods were obliterated. Their businesses were shut down. And they felt like there was no recourse. Third reason I needed to go forward was because for whatever reason, I have gained a certain amount of notoriety. And that notoriety in the world of social media breathes life into an awareness. And so I'm trying to help make people aware this is a really big deal. And lastly, Henry, I felt that in order for me to try to stop this lunacy of investigating me over and over again, I needed to go on offense. I needed to let the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice know this isn't fair and I'm not going to stand by. In the last complaint I received generated in January of 2023 from the Board of Medical Practice, it appeared that some of the staff people in the Minnesota Board had gleaned from the information I had submitted for the fifth investigation additional potential allegations. They said my handwriting was sloppy. I mean, when you get to that point, <laughs> how can what I'm going through not feel like a witch hunt? A hundred percent. And I, I, I'm so glad you said that because now we're getting into Sun Tzu. We're talking about the art of war here, really. You know, when you're saying I have to go on the offensive, you're going to keep getting hit with these baseless 
um, fraudulent, you know, factless allegations, you know, until you go offensive. And this is something that we talked about on the grand jury team in in 2020. And thankfully, with Sen- the help of Senator Linthicum and Senator Thatcher, who've been so supportive of what we're doing, they're, they're on our grand jury petition with me, um, is we felt like, hey, we are going to speak out on this and we are going to take a lot of heat, you know, for what we're doing. We have. But we have to when you when you go on the offensive and you have a case going up against them, it does give them pause um, to make some of those baseless attacks and to make other aspects of your life really, really difficult because um, it just it, it it looks like an impropriety that they're doing uh, with it. And um, that's been our experience. So I'm so happy to hear you saying that because. We've taken heat publicly. We've had some, you know, what they do with us more than anything is they treat us like a, um, like a stray dog, you know, just kind of benign neglect. We're not going to acknowledge them, even as the Department of Justice adds more and more attorneys you know, to defend these alleged criminals, you know, and everything. Um, but it's, I think, a good strategy. You know, I think it's good strategy. I think it's good tactics that if you want to really do something and you're going to speak out when when censorship is so rampant in our country that you better have a legal effort underway so that you can protect because that legal effort definitely does protect your right to say what you think and what you feel. It really does protect your First Amendment rights. Um, tell us a little bit about this case uh, that you have. What are some of the interesting things? If we're going to go to drscottjensen.com, everyone that's Dr. Scott Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N.com, D-R-S-O, excuse me, D-R-S-C-O-T-T-J-E-N-S-E-N.com. Um, you can read up more about this and some of the other things that Dr. Jensen's been doing. Uh, but tell us a little bit in this case, you know, what are some interesting tidbits for people to go, hey, that, I didn't know about that. I didn't know they were doing that. That's interesting. What do you what do you got? Well, the Federal cases being filed in the federal district court has been filed against the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice. And I think one of the things that's particularly interesting there is that we're using case law to demonstrate that if I'm speaking to a general audience and there's no particular nexus or connection between me and that audience as a doctor-patient relationship, then I am entitled to First Amendment rights. And I think that's important for all of us in our everyday walk of life, whether we're going to some sort of a parent-teacher meeting in our schools, whether we're speaking at church or at a civic club, whether we're coaching a, a little kid's softball team, we get to have free speech wherein it's conceivable that the audience might find something you said or I said, Henry, as especially important for them. But that doesn't create for me as a physician relationship of doctor-patient. So I cannot be held to, if you will, a professional standard governed by the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice when I'm talking to a group of people with whom I have no specific relationship connection as doctor-patient. I think that's really important because without that, imagine the chilling effect. Why would a physician ever run for political office? Why would Dr. Rand Paul ever be willing to speak up on the United States Senate floor? 
if he thought that every time he said something, that implied a relationship with whoever was listening. And in so doing, Dr. Paul could be accused of professional conduct that was unbecoming in as it relates to the practice of medicine. So I think it's a really big deal that previously in the NIFLA case, they identified, I, I believe it was a NIFLA case, uh, that this relationship matters. And, and, and without it, I think uh, there's two key cases we use. We use the NIFLA case, and there's another case, the Lowe case, L-O-W-E. And one of those two cases makes the point quite well that if there's no relationship, then we can't be held to the standard of a professional board. Now, if people want to look at this brief, you can just go to drscottjensen.com and click on it, and you'll see the whole brief. You'll see what we're stating. Uh, you'll see our claims. You'll see what we're asking the courts. The second suit is interesting because the second suit is being filed in state district court against the attorney general, Keith Ellison, in Minnesota. What's happened there is in Minnesota, we have a Data Practices Act, which allows me to request information that went through the attorney general's emails and things like that, that had to do with Scott Jensen. So we made an official request wanting to see the emails and the documents and the things that pertain to Scott Jensen. Well, the attorney general's office has said, well, we'll send you a lot of stuff, but we're not going to send you everything because we're concerned that if we send it to you, you guys will talk about it. And if you talk about it, some of my staff might get harassed or something like that. Well, that's just pretty bizarre for the attorney general of a state to say that I'm not going to follow the law because if I do, you might talk about it. And if you do, my staff might get some phone calls they don't like. The whole idea of a FOIA request of a Data Practices Act is right. to bring a certain transparency to the field of play. And the attorney general in Minnesota is saying, no, we're not going to send you everything because uh, we're going to pick and choose. They don't get to do that. And that's a, a big part of our case against Attorney General Keith Ellison. Amen. And it, it, that's that's laughable. So it, it's you're getting into speculative application. We're not we're not going to follow the law because of what might happen in the future, and it might be inconvenient and unpleasant for some of my staff. Well, that makes me now really curious. What are you hiding? Right? Why? Why would you? If you everything was legit, if everything was above board, and there was no derogatory or really questionable communications going on, why would you be concerned about the public potentially having an issue with that? I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to be accountable to the public? Public's paying your salary. Last time I checked, right? I mean, this is this is the ridiculousness that you hear going on. I mean, we've we've had very similar things in there. We actually, you want to you want to laugh real quick, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> they missed uh, the uh, uh, the Department of Justice, who's representing the folks uh, that we've alleged of significant criminal um, actions, willful misconduct, and criminal data fraud. Um, <laughs> they uh, missed a deadline for filing after they already requested an extension. And this is in the world you can't make this stuff up, right? You know what their excuse to the court was for why they missed it? And of course, we requested default judgment in our favor, right? Um, <laughs> My dog was sick. <laughs> that, that's actually an illegal brief. 
sent to the court and the court accepted it. The court said, oh, well, yes, we know doggies can get sick. And that does explain why you were late. And we will now accept your late filing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you just get into this and it's it's surreal, folks. But I think what we all do is we expose what's going on. I think that's the value. We can't fix something if we don't know how badly it's broken. And I think that's what all of these cases are demonstrating is that the system is not serving the people anymore. The system is broken. And now we have to take measures and have courage to fix it. So we're, we're coming up against the close here, but I wanted to give you final thoughts um, to everyone listening. What advice would you give Americans who want to get involved? And then how can we support you in what you're doing with these cases? I would tell Americans, I don't care if you want to get involved or not. You don't have a choice any more than I do. You have to be involved. If you give a rip at all about America and what we've been, I know we're not perfect, but I haven't seen any country that has been there helping out countries that have been plagued by natural disasters, military actions that were unethical across the globe. There has been no nation the United States of America that has been as generous and as willing to put our own lives on the line for another. So I don't think we have a choice. We've got to be involved in the way we are involved as we engage. And we, we listen to podcasts, we try to learn, and we don't listen to just one side. We need to make certain that we're, we're getting a chance to be exposed to ideas that might not be friendly to us. We have to engage. You mentioned the word expose, Henry. And I would just say, that's why I wrote this book. I wrote this book, We've Been Played. And the reason I wrote it is because I am trying to expose this triad of tyranny. And you might say, what is the triad of tyranny? I think the COVID pandemic made that clear. It is the collusion of big tech and big pharma and big government. When those three forces come together, and when I talk about big tech, I'm talking about that social media as well, because that is big tech. And when big tech rides alongside a big pharma who's making more money in some situations than ever before and big government. We've got a problem. That's why I've told people, if you want to get the book, you can go to drscottjensenbook.com, drscottjensenbook.com. But the fact is what's gone on the last three years can never be allowed to happen again. Mm -hmm. And if we don't learn from it, it Mm -hmm. will happen. And if you think that, well, you came off unscathed and you don't need to get so involved, I would remind you of the words of Martin Niemöller in 1946, I believe, after World War II had ended, he said, when they came for the trade unionists, I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. When they came for the socialists, I didn't speak up because I wasn't a socialist. When they came for the Jews, I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. And when they came for me, there was no one left to speak up. Mm -hmm. This is our moment. We're in the place we're in for such a time as this. We've got to step up and refuse to stand on the sidelines. Amen to that. And that's, that's the truth. An injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere because it will find you at some point straight up. And that's why we got to draw our line in the sand. And like you've done, Dr. Jensen, like we've been doing, we are just so, so honored to have you on this show. Uh, tell us the name of that book one more time for everybody looking for it. We've been played, exposing the triad of tyranny at drscottjensenbook.com, D-R-S-C-O-T-T-J-E-N-S-E-N. B-O-O-K.com, 20 bucks. I think you'll understand that truly we have been played. And this isn't about just a family doctor in Watertown, Minnesota. 
This is about every one of us. And might we say also, not just a family doctor, but this was all going on while he was a elected official, a a senator in the Minnesota legislature, folks. And if it can happen to him in that position, then yes, you better start taking them serious when they say that they want your rights and they want to take them away from you. And you better do everything you can to protect it. I agree. Uh, Senator Jensen, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, wishing you total great success with these cases. Um, please, please text me. Let me know as you have updates. We'd love to bring you back up for follow-ups on it and keep the audience really uh, involved and engaged. And folks, if you're out there and you're wondering, well, what can I do? What can I do about it? Everything. That's the answer. Everything, anything, do something, get involved. This cannot stand, right? And out being outraged on social media, while we all will do it from time to time, isn't getting involved. It's getting involved at your local levels. It's getting involved in the places where you can affect change, positive change, improvement. And some of that improvement is simply a return to the values that we hold dear as Americans. And that value above all is freedom, period. All right. Henry, if I could say it. one last thing, I would yeah, just so say, go. I, would, I did a podcast with uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson uh, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and people wanted to sort of get a sense of what a very analytical mind such as Jordan Peterson thinks of what happened to me with the repeated investigations. You can go to Jordan Peterson's YouTube page, Dr. Jordan Peterson, and I think the title of it was, They're Coming for Your Doctors. Mm-hmm. And I think we spend two hours almost going over what has happened to America and specifically to Minnesota and a family doctor there. And I think you might find it very interesting. So go to Jordan Peterson's page on YouTube. And what was the name of that? The title of that uh, episode? They're coming for the, your doctor. They're coming for your doctor. And if you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, you should find out because that's a really good dude out there roaming around in this world as well. All right, everyone. Well, you know how we do it. Um, we have four challenges in front of us to take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble in this great fight of good versus evil. And make no mistake, this is a fight of good versus evil. So while you're in that fight, make sure you're doing it with a lot of love and light in your heart. And remember, healers, that the greatest energy, us, our love, will always prevail. May God shine his divine light down upon us all, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm and healing embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely, founder of the Energetic Health Institute. Make sure to tune in every Saturday and Sunday to Energetic Health Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, and we will bring you the very best of people who love you that maybe you've never met. Until we meet again, I say to you, aloha and adios. Adios.